Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's been a long time. I'm glad to see all of you again. And the West Coast recess is back in full effect. I am. Yo, main man, Raider Rome, the sports butler. And I can tell you, I've missed you all tremendously. I mean, we've had a lot go on since the last time I've seen you all. And we're going to run through a little bit of that tonight. And I'd like to introduce you all. You know, I can never fight the West Coast bias alone. And I'm doing it with a new partner in crime tonight. I'd like for you all to meet my main man, Josh. Say hello to the wonderful people, Josh. How are you feeling tonight? Oh, good, good, Jerome. I appreciate you uh, inviting me on to the show and letting me uh, give my opinion on on the matter. I'm obviously, so everyone knows who doesn't know me, I'm a Patriots fan. I'm from the East Coast. I'm from New Hampshire. But I follow all football, so I'm going to bring my my uh, you know my view to the uh, to the show, and hopefully, I will not anger too many people along the way. <laughs> West Coast bias with an East Coast flavor. Y'all don't love it. I'm a, we we, we going to have conflict of styles, but it's going to work out just fine. Yeah, so, I know no that. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead there, Josh. I didn't mean to come oh, to I'm that. Saying I, have no, I have no doubt that it's not gonna, we're gonna, everything's going to go fine here. Oh, yeah. We're going to have ourselves a kick-ass time. I always like to think of the West Coast recess as just a one-hour conversation with your best buddy. You know, you guys laugh, you joke, you have just a great time. And why should this be any different, you know? Uh, I agree. I agree. Well, a lot has happened, though, since the last time we've been around. I mean, we had the AFC Championship game with Indianapolis facing New England, and that game didn't wasn't very competitive for a while. I mean, the Patriots, they just railed those guys. But that wasn't even the biggest controversy there. We started getting issues with deflated footballs. And... Now, I mean, you know me. I'm not a very big New England Patriot fan. In fact, I actually hate these guys to death. So it does automatically start to make me think, hey, they're cheating again. But now when you start to gather more information, it does kind of make you wonder what's going on here. Did the Patriots know anything about this? Were the balls deflated? Or was it just one of those weather um, issues? Belichick says himself he's not a scientist, although he does look rather dorky. Let me get your opinion on that as a Patriot fan. How do you feel about this one, Josh? Well, listen, obviously I have a little bit of bias here, but, you know, there's there's only really two options here. One, New England did deflate the footballs, right? That's one option, right? It's the only possibility. Or two, or two, natural occurrence to the balls. And, you know, as Schefter had mentioned recently, that some in the NFL are questioning whether, you know, Indianapolis had anything to do with the one ball that was too two pounds under under the limit. So, I mean, it's really up to the NFL at this point. I don't really know, have an answer to what's going on because I don't really think anyone has a clue. 
Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, the NFL, there's just too many variables with this situation. It's going to be hard to figure out, you know, did the Patriots do it? What kind of punishment could there be? Anything like that. And so I'm going to actually give these um, guys the benefit of the doubt and say, hey, maybe they didn't cheat this time for the first time in their life, you know? <laughs> then yeah, we well, have... I mean... <laughs> go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead. Finish your thoughts. Uh, I just got to... I was just going to say, you know, um, I understand how things went with Spygate and Belichick admitted his side of the story and his misunderstanding of the rule. A lot of people just say that's cheating. So no one has a microscope under them, and understandably so. I mean, you cheat or bend the rules, people are going to keep an eye on you. That's how it works. (laughs) Yep. And you you know Belichick and Brady, they always have been under that microscope ever since that first Super Bowl. Believe me, I know a thing or two about that. But that's another story for another day. And we also have another instance of cheating that we've heard about. Jerry Rice now, arguably the greatest receiver of all time, says that he went total Lester Hayes mode and said he used Stickham playing football as a wide receiver for the San Francisco 49ers. I wonder if there's any truth to this one. Because, I mean, some of those catches he made were pretty exciting. I mean, something had to to have helped him there. Well, what's your take on that one, Joshua? Well, Jerome, listen. (laughs) The thing is, is Rice came on, on, you know, went on Twitter and pretty much admitted he he did it. So I don't don't really know if there's any much of a debate left. But the thing is, is what I don't like about what Rice did is first he accused – he just straight out called New England cheaters, for one. And then two days later, we're hearing about how he – admits to using stick him, and then on top of it all, he just goes on the ra- on on Twitter and just rats out pretty much everyone that played football in the 80s saying, everyone, you stick him. And not only did he do that, he threw his teammates under the bus in reality. <laughs> so basically what you're saying here is we have ourselves a major issue of hypocriticism here by Flash number 80, one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, very hypocritical, and sometimes I wonder if Rice might just keep his mouth shut because, you know, he's digging a hole for himself is what he's doing. Oh, yeah, he's doing that a big – he's doing that big time. I mean, you should have just left him alone. Nobody even flagged you for cheating, and you go volunteering that information. To me, that's almost yeah. like – that's almost like saying, oh, I robbed this bank. Nobody caught me, but, yeah, <laughs> hey, look at me. I robbed the bank. Yeah, exactly. I I don't understand why he even said or why he even felt the need to mention that he did this. I guess he just felt guilty, possibly. I don't know. It, none of it makes sense. It's kind of weird to me, too. And so basically that was our introduction here. I'm Raider Rome. You know how I like to get down. Raider Nation for life. You, you remember some of my rats from earlier on this season. We got Josh here. He's going to be the Patriot guy and he's going to give you a little bit of his East Coast flavor. And what we've got for you tonight here, we've got ourselves a few things to talk about. We're going to go over that miraculous Super Bowl between the New England Patriots and the Seattle Seahawks. If I wasn't a Patriot fan, I mean, I mean, if I wasn't a Patriot hater, I would have enjoyed it a hell of a lot more. It was a great game. We also will talk about draft teams tonight for from the West Coast. So, if you're a fan of the AFC West, NFC West, you might want to tune in because we're going to have some good things for you. And we're going to also have our NBA, our 
post-fight NBA segment. We'll talk about how the Golden State Warriors have been just laying waste to the NBA with Splash Brother, Clay Thompson, and Stephen Curry. I'm ready to roll. And now we will begin. I see we got ourselves a couple of guests here. We've got ourselves, we've got Darth and we've got DTCX there. Hello, you guys. Welcome. Thank you for listening to the program. Welcome. Hope you guys enjoy and you stick around with us going forward. <clears throat> Super Bowl 49 was one of the best Super Bowls I think I've seen in a long time. You got the defending world champion Seattle Seahawks doing their thing, blasting, blasting Denver last year. They're going for number two. They take on the living legend Tom Brady in the New England in the, in the New England Patriots. This was their sixth appearance under Belichick and Brady. They've gotten three. They they've lost their last two. And hey, this was a great game to me. Brady got it started early on with the touchdown pass to LaFell early in the second period to give New England a seven oh lead. But I don't think I could do I don't think I could do this recap much justice. I'm gonna go on and pass this one off to Patriot fan Josh. Give it to me and be as excited as possible. All right. Well, listen. The Super Bowl, obviously, as you said, was exciting, and there were so many things that happened that were that were crazy. For one, if you recap the Super Bowl, in my opinion, as a Patriots fan, I look at it as this: three or four quarters, New England outplayed Seattle. Third quarter. Seattle owned New England, took the lead, took a 10-point lead. Brady had some mistakes in the first half, you know. Um, fourth quarter, Brady takes over and misses, what, I think two incompletions the whole fourth quarter. Uh, Seattle gets the ball. That, uh, New England obviously takes the lead, uh, comes back from 10 down, only a second team to do this, take a lead by four. Seattle gets the ball. Miraculous no, nice play to Lynch to start it off, and a, a miraculous catch by Kurt, and a great play by Malcolm Butler, who who tips the ball. Kurt still catches the ball. Seattle gets down to the one with a Lynch run, and then the in, inevitable happens where, well, no one was expecting actually, except the Patriots fans, is a turnover, which Malcolm Butler uh, intercepts the ball, and that's it. New England wins Super Bowl. And everyone doesn't know what Pete Carroll was thinking. That's how the Super Bowl ends. Well, to me, as a New England, as a Seattle Seahawks supporter in that game, or just as a casual football fan, it begs to me to think, what the hell were you doing right there? I mean, you have to give Marshawn Lynch the football in this situation. I don't care how you spin it or whatever. Marshawn Lynch has to see the football right there. If New England stops you three times from the one with beast mode, hey, you shake their hands and you say you're the champions of the world. But you cannot throw a slant into the middle of the field with a guy where a guy like Ricardo Lockett, who doesn't seem like a very strong wide receiver anyway, you cannot throw that pass. And Malcolm Butler, I'll give it to him. He made one hell of a play. But before even coming down to that, though, Seattle, you have control of this football game at 24-14. to you got to make plays on offense. You got Jermaine Curse dropping the fade, the, the, right on, the corner right on third down that would have really put this one away. So, I mean, the plays they made last year in the Super Bowl, they didn't make them. And as much as it kills me to say this, hey, Brady, I got to give you your due. You made the plays. You went out there. You did what you had to do. You led your football team back. 
you break another record in the Super Bowl now for the great for the biggest comeback in Super Bowl history. You got your fourth title. Now, will you please just leave all of us the hell alone? <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, there was uh, New England didn't do everything right in that game either. You know, Arrington had a horrible game, in fact, to the point where he got benched. And, you know, he, he caused that – he had that uh, face mask going into the halftime that put Seattle in, in uh, like, the six-yard line where they threw that touchdown. So there is a lot of things New England did wrong in that game, which kept Seattle in it, in my opinion. And also – you know, Seattle didn't play their best game either. That's obvious to everyone. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Butler made the play that won the game, and that's how it worked. Mm. Well, you make you make a lot of good points there, Josh. I mean, Seattle, they didn't look their best. But I guess you can attribute a little bit of it to, also to Jeremy Lane breaking his arm after the interception in the first period. You know, yeah. you didn't have everybody out there doing what was supposed to be doing. and pretty much opened up a lot of things. The last drive was also pretty kind of frustrating to me also. You've got – you're throwing linebackers out there one-on-one with Gronk. I mean, I understand that Cam Chancellor, his knee was a little messed up, but he had done a pretty good job to that point. I mean, I would have kept him I would have kept him out there on Gronk, beat him up a little bit, and just, just let the chips fall where they may. So, Seattle, they made a few tactical errors, but New England also did also. So, you know, the game went either way. It was a great game to be had by all. And the thing I like to see is how Seattle recovers from this. I mean, you were obviously – you should have won the football game. You were the better team on the field. Now you have to pay Russell Wilson. You have to get rid of a lot of guys going forward, well, two or three. And you're not even sure if Marshawn Lynch wants to return. So, Seattle, they're going to undergo a lot of transition. It's going to be a completely different-looking football team next September when they hit the field. Your thoughts? My thoughts are exactly what you said. Uh First of all, to me, Seattle needs a receiver bad. And if they don't get Lynch back, that that's a huge loss for that team. Seattle, if they lose Lynch and they don't get another talent at wide receiver, that team might, you know, their defense might keep them in games, but there's teams like Arizona and the 49ers in that division who are, who are ready at pounce. I mean, San Francisco is not that far off of being legitimate contenders again, in my opinion. So, we'll see. Well, yeah, Seattle. Yeah, I mean, they're still the best team in that division going forward. But you still going you have Arizona coming back at them a lot stronger. Then, I mean, the Rams. They're not that far off. They just need a little more offense. And that defense they have can be trouble for anyone. So, it's going to be a pretty fun NFC West to watch. You know. And as far as New England, they have a few decisions to make also. How do you how do you handle this situation with Darrell Revis and his twenty million dollars? Yeah, that's interesting because I I honestly and just listening to reports on the media, I think New England is going to resign Revis. But that you know that narrows out a lot of money for running backs like Ridley. Uh, Kicker, Gostkowski, who needs a new contract. And there's other players on New England that we might have to let go, like Wilford, to keep Revis around and make it financially possible to sign some free agents in the offseason because New England still needs to improve at receiver, in my opinion. There's other, you know, there's options out there for them to get better. So. Yeah, yeah, New England, I mean, I mean they're, they're also another team. They're head and shoulders above the division. I think in a couple of years they may want to watch out for Buffalo whenever they find a quarterback. But, I mean, as long as 12 is under center, New England should win at least 10 games a season. 
I mean, it kills me to say that, but that it is just what it is. And as far as Seattle goes, as far as finding themselves a wide receiver, you would you think they they had a decent young guy in Paul Richardson until he blew his ACL in the divisional round. So now looking forward, they may have to go with they may have to go look at again in the, in the draft, which brings us to our next segment here. We've got ourselves the NFL, the NFL West draft needs here. The Seattle Seahawks, third, twelve and four, NFC champions. They they get back to the Super Bowl. They lose a heartbreaker to New England. Their defense is still one of the best in the game. Although you have Richard Sherman with his messed up elbow, and you got um, Earl Thomas also with his um, shoulder injury. That may go into the start of the regular season. I mean, I hope not for their sake. If it's me, and I'm, I'm looking at Seattle, I'm probably interested in another wide receiver, as you said. Because, I mean, Ricardo Lockett and Jermaine Curse, they're, they're colorful players. They're pretty decent. But none of them scare you if you're a defense. You probably laugh at these guys. A guy I'm looking at in Seattle would probably be the wide receiver from Missouri that went to Oklahoma. But he and he never, but he never actually got to play a game. You're probably familiar with this cat yourself, Josh Dorio Green Beckham. Yeah, yeah, that's who I have uh, marked down as who I have predicted to for them to pick. But I also have, uh, as you watch the Super Bowl, you notice that they didn't have any catches by a tight end. So you know, to me, uh, Max Williams out of Minnesota might be an option for them as well. So, but to me, Beckham is their guy if he gets to them. Yeah, I'd I definitely give Beckham a look if I'm Seattle. The guy, he's big, he's six foot six, he can move, and hey, it'll cause a hell of a lot more matchup problems. But Max, but Max Williams, also though, that's not a bad tight end um, pickup. Also, you can double, you can go with the two tight end set with him and Luke Wilson, and that would actually be pretty interesting to look at. It would cause a lot of matchup issues also. But I don't think Seattle may do that because you have Zach Miller coming back next year. Yeah, but I guess depending on his money, he may not return. So if you're Seattle, hey, you got to get some more offense. And if Marshawn Lynch doesn't return, hey, you may also want to look yeah. at one or two of those running backs out there, such as a Todd Gurley or a Melvin Gordon. So there's a lot of yeah. different ways Seattle could go. It's going to be interesting to watch that one. Yeah, I, I agree with you on, on, on all that. And running back, if they lose Lynch, is definitely probably goes to the top of the line for them. Okay, up next we have we have another team. We have a team here that's actually pretty near and dear to my heart. I mean, you know these guys. You heard me rant about them for for all season long. They stumbled to three and thirteen, but after a pitiful zero and ten start, they did start to pick up some wins and do some things. You got Derek Carr. You got Latavius Murray. <laughs> no, it's not the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> you got you got a guy in Khalil Mack who could have been the defensive rookie of the year. No, it ain't those New York Jets either. <laughs> but they are a pretty colorful team, although it will be fun to see what they do without Rex. I'm talking about the one and only Oakland Raiders. They dropped the number four slot in the draft this season. And like with any other, with any three or thirteen football team, there are quite a few needs that we have. You got you got wide receiver deficiencies. I mean, I don't think Andre Holmes is the answer. Rod Streeter is a colorful receiver, but he's more of a possession guy. I wouldn't want him to be the number one dude in Oaktown. Then you also 
you, you got a hole in running back. You got a hole in running back. Sure, you got Latavius Murray. He's going to be big and powerful. That guy, man, you see that game against Kansas City? He can fly. But I would like to see them probably add one more running back to the fray if they can. If we're talking about running backs with Oakland, you got they could also be looking at probably top Gurley or Amir Abdullah from Nebraska. Man, he's a short, compact kind of running back, and he packs a punch. So if, you, if you're Oakland, that, that's another way you can look at. And they could also possibly use one more offensive lineman just, just for depth purposes. But I think they're fine with Austin Howard and Donald Penn and, and those linemen. But it's always good to have one more. Stephen Wisniewski is going to be a free agent, but we'll talk more about that in our free agency program. But me, personally, if there's some way we can do that, let's get ourselves a big hulking defensive lineman. And I think you know who I'm talking about, the big, powerful <laughs> Leonard Williams from USC, the Pac-12 defensive player of the year. He's big. He's strong. He's powerful. He dominated Nebraska single-handedly almost. I don't, I don't think Oakland will have a chance to pick him up, but if he somehow drops to four, look out. Man, put him with Khalil Mack and C.O. Moore, you've got the makers of a Seahawks-style type defense. You sign a quarterback or two, Oakland's not that far off. How are you feeling about the Raiders, um, Barack? I mean, Josh, tell me. Well, listen, you, you hit pretty much everything I would have said. Uh, to me, I mean, I'm not a Raider fan. I don't claim to be, and I don't necessarily watch a lot of their games. But what I know is anyone who watches the Raiders, you know, they have a lack of talent receiver, and that is obvious that they need a receiver. To me, if Mari Cooper falls to them, they take him. But, you know, the Raiders are do things unconventional. I wouldn't be surprised if they do take who, uh, Leonard Williams, like you said, out of USC. So, I mean, I could see him going defense, but to me, the Raiders are focused on defense far too long. I think it's time to get David uh, Derek Carr the talent he needs at receiver to make him the best quarterback that he can be. Um, you make a great point there, Josh. That's what this draft is all about, I think. If there is no just big, powerful defensive lineman there, such as Leonard Williams, you go with Amari Cooper. Or you can even trade down and add more picks. you got teams like Philadelphia that are interested in possibly trading up to get Marcus Mariota. And if Reggie McKenzie is the true businessman that I hope he can be, I'm sure there's a lot of room there to make a deal. You can trade down a little bit. There's still decent receivers lower in the draft, such as a Kevin White from West Virginia or a Jalen Strong from Arizona State. So at four, there's a lot of different ways the Raiders can go with this, and they're not all that bad. So if you're McKenzie, you really can't blow this. If you blow it, man, I don't know. I think uh, Mark may get rid of you. So thinking of hey, let me so, ask, let me ask you a question. What do you think? What do you think about the Raiders uh, looking at a tight end in this draft, possibly? The Raiders, I don't think they need tight end. You got Michael Rivera. He's been getting better and better in his two years. Then you could also then there's actually tight ends out there in free agency. I'd actually like to see them make a move at uh, the guy like Julius Thomas or something like that so that Oakland could have that two-tight-end set that New England had that just scared everybody. I think yeah. Julius Thomas matched up with Michael Rivera would be matchup nightmares. And Carr, he could just go out there and just dominate. But especially if you get Amari Cooper and if you could pick up a wide receiver in free agency, such as possibly a Jeremy Macklin or a Randall Cobb, that's just going to make things that much better. 
So things are trending up in Oakland, and let's just see how they do with this draft. All right. Our next team here is a team who had actually been to the Super Bowl three years in a row. I mean, had been in three consecutive NFC championship games. My apologies, some fans. <laughs> you had me confused. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think anybody's done that since the seventh. I mean, since Buffalo, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they they had one of the more potent defenses in the game. You know, they they had they had Navarro Bowman, they had um, Patrick Willis. They made the Super Bowl in 2012, and they kind of fell on hard times last year with the whole Harbaugh situation and the entire, you know, just just controversy of everything. They were actually beaten by the Raiders. I like to talk about Colin Kaepernick and his San Francisco 49ers. Uh. That that offense is just a dumpster fire just waiting to explode. Jim Tomsula, he's kind of an unknown at head coach. I mean, he, he's been the, he, he was their interim coach about four or five years ago, but still mainly an unknown. It's going to be interesting to see what how they go with. They picked up Jason Tarver from Oakland as a linebacker's coach. So they're, they're, they're a team in transition. It looks like Michael Crabtree may leave them. So – they're going to be in the market for a wide receiver in the first round, in my unbiased opinion. And the guy that I think may be good for them may be a wide receiver, also like probably Dorio Green Beckham. But they also have other options at wide receiver they can go with. They could possibly look at a guy like Kevin White, as I mentioned earlier, from West Virginia. I mean, he could, he could probably help Kaepernick out right away, and that's what you need um, with a team in transition. You got um, – <clears throat> Frank Gore, he's getting a little um, up there long in the tooth. So I think they'll be fine at running back with their running back, um, Carlos Hyde from Ohio State. Yeah. yeah, he played well last season. It's going to be a tough season for them this season going forward. But if they can find – then they. but there's another way they could also go. You got Patrick Willis getting up there. He's, he's at, going to be 30 this season. They could probably look linebacker also. And a guy like Bud Dupree from Kentucky could probably help them out a little bit in a couple of years when Willis is ready to hang it up or when they decide to move on. So the 49ers, I don't really seriously consider anything. I don't consider them to be a contender any longer. They may be a 7-9, 8-8 football team, but there's a lot of different ways they can go draft-wise. If, you, if you're the GM and you're on the clock, what, what, are you doing, what are you doing out there in San Francisco? Well, for me, obviously, you already mentioned, if they don't get Crabtree back, they're going right wide receiver. I mean, there's Jalen Strong, Beckham, um, Kevin White are all options. However, um, I mean, San Francisco has work they can do everywhere. To me, I mean, they need to get better on, on offensive line for Kaepernick. I mean, every time I watch the 49 game, he was getting sacked. So... And partially his fault, but a lot of it was because he wasn't getting any protection. So there's plenty of options in this draft um, offensive line, but I just have a feeling if they lose Crabtree, they're definitely going wide receiver because it's a strong first round for wide receivers, and I don't think they would let it pass up. With the new coaching staff, however, we don't know. I mean, we don't know what he's going to be thinking. No one really knows about how he's going to go in this draft, so. You know, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you don't know. The Forty Niners are kind of um, an unknown right now. You got the, you got the new. Everything is new to them, so 
we'll just have to see how that goes. But I think all will be well for the 49ers just in about two or three years. You, 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 it's, it's just going to be tough. Yeah, yeah I mean, they're, they're, they're already $3 million over the cap going into next season. They haven't even done it, made a move yet. So, I mean, they got a lot of things they got to do to get better. So, we'll see. Yep, we will see. Now, on to a team who they, they're probably one of the more talented teams in the AFC. They, they made some plays there. They, they, been, they got to the Super Bowl last year, got punched out repeatedly by the aforementioned Seattle Seahawks. You got an old-ass quarterback in Peyton Manning, but hey, the guy can still play a little bit, although it looked like he just kind of hit the wall toward the end of the season with that die problem. I think you have a run. I think they have a running back now in C.J. Anderson that they can go forward with. And Denver, they're going to probably be in transition. Also, you got to pay Peyton Manning twenty-one million dollars. So that could be another interesting um, proposition, also. And if I'm Denver, there's a lot of different ways you can go. You probably could use some offensive line help. Your defensive line isn't that bad. Although you could potentially lose Terrence Knighton going forward, they're not Denver. They may make some. They may make some moves in free agency, restructure a few deals. Because I think it seemed to me like they just went all in last season, one shot at the Super Bowl, and that's it. You got Gary Kubiak coming in, so that's going to be a whole new situation there. And with Denver, I think they may also look at tight end. Also, they may go after that guy Max Williams that that you brought up earlier with Julius Thomas leaving, and, I mean, I don't think the guy was really – he's just a matchup nightmare. So there's, some, there, there's a lot of different ways Denver could go with that. You could probably get a couple more young linebackers. I like the linebacker they have, Brandon Marshall. He's a pretty good player. I think they're set at corner, however, with with, um, Brad, with Bradley Roby. He's going to be a great good one going forward. So, Denver, you got a lot of different ways you could go. If you go tight end, you got a guy like Max Williams. Maybe you could use one more wide receiver to go with Demarius Thomas because Wes Walker is seriously considering walking away. So with Denver, it's kind of confusing to me. If you're the Broncos and you're on the clock, what do you got? I mean, you mentioned a lot of things that I would have said, but, you know, um, there is a possibility that three three of their offensive linemen are going to be gone come this uh come off season start. Uh, I mean, Ryan Clady is going to probably move back, uh, is coming back, but they're probably going to move Vasquez to right guard, but then they have no, they have no center. I mean, I mean, they need offensive line help in Denver bad, but then you got the other issues like Demarius Thomas. Are we going to re- we going to franchise him? Um, Julius Thomas, if we lose him, who are we going to put at tight end? I mean, Max Williams is ob- obviously probably the only tight end projected in the first round right now. Um, if you lose Welker, then you got a big issue at wide receiver, in my opinion. Although Welker obviously has shown signs of being on the decline, but they, they're going to need somebody in the slot. So, I mean, Denver has a lot of issues, and no one even knows if Peyton Manning's come back or if they even want him back. So, I mean, how do you, how do you know? I don't I don't know I don't know what to say about Denver because there's a lot of things that might happen in the in the off season that might just change that team around dramatically. Hey, we got ourselves. Yeah. A, hey, we're building up here. Hey, everybody, it's good to see you. Welcome to the West Coast. And, uh, and Austin, that might just change that team around dramatically. 
Uh, we got ourselves a caller here from North Central Texas. Hey, What's up? Hey there, who, 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 who are we speaking with here? Senator from Fort Worth, Texas. All right, good, good to talk to you, Senator. Um, so what's, what what's on your mind? What, what, what you got for us? I figure what's going on in Miami land with my poor dolphins is we're getting ready to cut a lot of people, man. A lot of high-priced players going to be looking for jobs in South Beach here real quick. Well, we're we're a, well, we're kind of like the we're kind of a West Coast show, but as far as the Dolphins go, I, I think what was going on is they need to probably pay Tannehill and let let it, let him get let him get um, acclimated as the guy going forward. Probably draft themselves another wide receiver to go with with Mike Wallace and their defense. Their defense isn't that far off, you know. They're, they're they, they have the the chance to challenge New England. But they still need a little bit more offense. Well, I think Mike Wallace could end up in Oakland land real quick. If y'all want to give up like a number two pick, we'll ship that brother right to you and that high price contract he's got. Does that sound good in Oakland? Hey, we we'll take it. You know, I mean, I think I think McKenzie can find some way to swing that. You know, the Raiders with the Raiders being fifty million over the cap with cap space this season that they have to spend. You know, I, w- I wouldn't have a problem with that at all. Thanks for the hey, thank, well, thank, what, you, thank you for the call there, Nader. I appreciate you're the welcome. Call. You're welcome, my friend, and, and we'll follow along with you. And uh, let's rock and roll. Say you bye. All right, thank you. All right, we had ourselves there, Nader in Texas, talking about his Miami Dolphins there. Now back back to where we were with the Denver Broncos. Oh, and we already got to them. Up next, yeah, we, we have. Oh, you still, you still, you still had your different thought, right, Josh? Yeah, yeah, I'm done with Denver. I'm ready to move on to whoever you want to talk about. <laughs> All right, we got ourselves a team that's kind of a mystery here in the San Diego Chargers. In 2013, you know, nobody really knew much about these guys. You know, they seem to be probably a seven, nine, eight, and eight team. They shock everyone. They make the playoffs. They get into the second round where they give Denver all they can handle. Then this year, I've actually, then in 14, I actually heard a few rumblings in the past about them possibly being a Super Bowl contender this season. They go, and Philip Rivers looked the part in the first half, but then he just completely just fell off in the second half. I think it was just probably a mixture of a tougher schedule and things like that, and they end up falling 9-7. to seven. There's a lot of different ways San Diego can go also. You know, they have Ryan Matthews being a free agent this season, so maybe they'd probably be in the running back market. Or maybe they could probably look at a wide receiver or something like that. You know, they picked up Jason Barrett last year in the first round. I think it's going to be a pretty decent cornerback from TCU. That that's in your country, so I'm sure you know a lot about Jason Barrett there. <laughs> if you're San Diego, I mean, I would probably go wide receiver if it's me. But what, what you what you got there for us, uh, Joshua? Uh, for me, it's it's definitely offensive line for uh, San Diego because, um, you know, Rivers needs time to throw the ball or he's prone to make mistakes, is my opinion. And, I mean, I think they have enough talent at wide receiver, but all the projections I've seen so far from the research I've done on the, on the Chargers, they're all leading towards San Diego. I'm going to probably look at maybe Clemens out of pit. For a tackle, or maybe Flowers from the, the U, 
of Miami. So to me, it's probably going to be offensive line for San Diego. I think they're going to hold off on going wide receiver until maybe late, later in the draft. So um, they need help. Rivers needs help on offensive line, and that's really how I look at it right now. Because if Rivers doesn't have time, he makes mistakes. Yeah, he does that majorly, and he's getting a bit up there. He's had he's had the back issues last season, so protecting him probably would be the best way to go about that. Yeah, San Diego. I mean, they're still a potent team. I just don't think they're a championship worthy team. Now on to another team who is right there on that doorstep, but they just can't seem to get the offense to get over the hump. You got a quarterback in Sam Bradford, who I think you're paying way too much money to. You may want to move on and look at another quarterback, probably such as Mark Sanchez going forward. But your, your defense is no joke. Then you got another good one in Aaron Donald this season, the rookie of the year. I'm talking about the St. Louis Rams. And they, they're pretty good with running back. You got Trey Mason going forward. You got Zach Stacy backing him up. If I'm the Rams, this time I want a wide receiver. You, you need a guy for whoever you choose to be your quarterback to throw to. And I'm going to go on and look those guys that we've been talking about all night long. Yeah, fans, we're going to grill these guys ahead into your conscience between now and draft day. you got Kevin White, Doriel Green Beckham, Amari Cooper, even if the Raiders decide to bypass him. St. Louis, you got to get one of these guys. you got to get that offense together. You're probably two or three offensive players away from being a major player in the West, and that's my take on the St. Louis Rams. you got to get yourself a wide receiver. What, how, how about you, Jeff? Yeah, I agree. They need to get a wide receiver for sure. I've seen some uh, rumors that the Rams are actually interested in Devontae Parker out of Louisville as one of their options at wide receiver. I mean, obviously, we've mentioned almost every every first-round option at wide receiver, and I think any of them are a possibility for, for the Rams. But, you know, the, the real interesting thing is, are they going to resign Sam Bradford? I mean, I listen to Bradford on WWL up here in Oklahoma City, and he seems to think, that he's going to be going back at and be the starting QB for the Rams. He seems to have confidence that Fisher believes in him. So I think he's going to be back, but they definitely need help at wide receiver, and I don't think there's really any other position. I mean, they've spent a lot of draft picks on offensive tackle the last few years. I don't, I don't see it. I, okay, I don't see anything about matters? wide receiver. Hey, where are my manners? I forgot all about Devontae Parker from Louisville. The guy that they say probably is probably the, could potentially be the best receiver out of this draft class, along with Amari Cooper. A guy that I would probably want to pick up, say, if Oakland decided to draft down and go with wide receiver. But there's a lot of different places the Rams can go. Any wide receiver they choose, it won't hurt them. So that, that works out pretty well for me. And on to, on to our next team here in the West. We've got a team that seems to have a problem with keeping their quarterbacks upright. <laughs> Those Arizona Cardinals, you know, that defense played well enough this season to possibly give teams like Seattle and New England a run. They just couldn't seem to get out of their own way as far as having their quarterbacks injured. You, you got Carson Palmer with the torn ACL and Drew Stanton messes up his knee. You were pretty much running with a guy named Ryan Lindley, who I probably could be a better quarterback than if, if I got out there and worked for two weeks. So, But Arizona, you have a great defense, though. You probably want to go look at a running back since Andre Ellison got injured. But even if he was healthy, you sure want to get him another running mate. And I don't. I think a guy that would probably be helpful for Arizona could be a guy like Todd Gurley, maybe, or going forward with a with Amir Abdullah or 
David Clark from Minnesota or a running back like that. What what would you do if you, you give me some love for Arizona? Oh, well, first of all, if I was Arizona, I mean, obviously running back is probably where they need to go, but they need to trade out of the first round because I don't, I don't really think I don't think they need to take any more defense, and there's probably not going to be a wide receiver there that they're going to want to go after. To me, it, it is running back, so why not just trade out and go after maybe Gurley Abdullah or or uh, Melvin Gordon? From, so, you know, those are the options for Arizona. I mean, they could get some help on offensive line. I mean, they lost two quarterbacks for, for the years, for the rest of the year. So, I mean, there's obviously some help that's needed offensive offensive line, too, for Arizona. But, I mean, I, I think they're going to go running back, and I wouldn't be surprised if they do trade out of the first round to get, get a running back. So. Oh, okay. And that was our recap, and that was our draft needs this week for AFC, for the NFL West teams. I hope I hope you guys enjoyed that. And at the end, when we have that segment, if there was somebody that you thought we missed or, or you just want to add your own spin, don't be afraid to call in. You guys got the number. I'd be I'd be happy to hear from you. Did we now, mention Kansas City? Oh yeah, I forgot about Kansas City. <clears throat> I mean their defense is perfectly fine. You got the quarterback. You got the quarterback there with. Um, let's see here. You got um, Alex Smith playing quarterback. Your running back situation is pretty set. I mean, but you didn't you didn't have a, a wide receiver that, that caught a single pass for a touchdown this season. I mean, damn, even Oakland didn't pull that one off. I don't I don't know how you do that one, but hey, wide receiver could probably be a place that Kansas City could look. I mean, their defensive line left by Don Terry Poe, I mean, they don't need any help there. And you got Justin Houston. That guy, he's just a monster. If Kansas City doesn't give him a gigantic sack of money, I'm quite sure someone will. So if I'm the Chiefs, there's many different ways I could go with that one. So, I mean, they've, they've got a lot of things they could do. They have no problems there. If I'm the Chiefs, though, I'd probably want to add one more wide. I'd probably want to add Jalen Strong from Arizona State if he drops to me just to give Alex Smith one more security blanket. What you got there? Yeah, well, wide receiver is obviously the trend of the uh, trend of the night for almost all these teams in the West. Um, Kansas City definitely – could go after wide receiver, but, you know, they have issues in the secondary, too, especially with uh, Eric Berry being out with lymphoma, lymphoma, unfortunately, for him. He's battling with cancer. I mean, that puts a big hole in the back defensive backfield for Kansas City, so I wouldn't be shocked if they picked, you know, picked defensive back in the in the first round. I don't know who's available, who they're, who they're really interested in at this, at this point, but... It, the, they're more than likely they're going to go wide receiver, but I wouldn't be shocked if they take some, uh, you know, a safety or a defensive back. Well, in my opinion right now, the best free safety prospect would possibly be right now Gerard Holliman from Louisville. He had 14 interceptions this season. So if Kansas City is assured that Eric Berry is returning, that wouldn't be a bad insurance plan to have. I mean, you can't have too many good players, right? <laughs> yeah. And that was our um, NFL West preview for draft needs. I'm sure this will change on and on as we go forward and we get closer to draft day. Next up is our NBA beat. Right now I'm sitting here watching this game between Houston and the L.A. Clippers, and these are two teams who possibly could give 
the Golden State Warriors are run in the West. You know, the Warriors, they look like, they look like man, they're, they're just one tough team to deal with. You got to deal with Stephen Curry, his splash brother, Clay Thompson. Those guys, they just rain three-pointers. You know, I thought I thought that it couldn't get any better when they had Mark Jackson as the coach. They seem to have gotten even better. This is a championship-ready team. You got Draymond Green. You got David Lee. I mean, they've got the best depth of the game. I mean, I mean, I like Atlanta also to pop or Cleveland and teams like that. But if I had to put my money on it right now, Golden State, they're running through everybody. They're, they're, take, they're taking the title if I had to pick right now. Oakland, our Raiders, you got a wild probably. But, hey, them Warriors, they might get you that championship this year. How are you, how are you feeling about Golden State? Well, as far as Golden State, I mean, they are obviously the best team in the NBA. There's no question. I mean, uh, there's issues. I mean, Lee Lee is going to be a big hit for them next year at $15.5 million he's owed. Uh, I've heard rumors that, you know, they're looking to trade him. So that, you know, I don't know who they're going to replace. I heard Garnett's a possibility. But to me, Golden State has the best coach and the best team in the NBA right now. However, I, you know, being that first seed right now, looking at Oklahoma City in the eighth seed might be a scary situation for any team in the first seed. So that wouldn't be an easy first-round matchup. Considering, Holy uh, man. Wow. <laughs> Oklahoma City and Golden State, that would probably be the greatest first-round series of all time. you got yeah, Kevin Durant. I mean, wow. Russell, Russell Westbrook. Man, you make sure you get you a ticket to a couple, a couple of those matchups. Man, that series would be one for the ages. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if being the first seed in the West right now is a good thing. I think maybe, you know, uh, Golden State's in a position where they could, you know, maybe, you know, let a couple games go to fall out of the first seed just to make sure they don't play Oklahoma City. But, you know, I don't think Golden State's that type of team. But I'd be afraid to play Oklahoma City in the first round. But that's me. Yeah, the Thunder, they they make life tough for anybody. But if there's any team that can take down um, they can't take down the Thunder. It is those Golden State Warriors. Could you imagine if they find some way to actually add Ray Allen to their arsenal? Damn. Yeah. I mean, you, you just add another sniper. What, what do you think on uh, Lee being traded out? I mean, that's the big rumor right now at the Golden State. Well, I mean, if you trade Lee, the only question is, what are you going? What would you pick up in return for him? You get a guy like Garnett. Sure, he's got the championship experience. But he could probably only give you about 20 good minutes a game now. I mean, but that may be all that they need just coming off the bench and give the starters a little blow when they get the big lead and just hold on to things. So, yeah. man, the Warriors, they're, they're, scary, they're scary good. Although they had a bit of a scare tonight in Minnesota, that's another young good team. And yeah. for the third time in their, in their history, they're going to have the best record going into the All-Star break. I mean, I have no problem right now giving Steve Kerr the play, the, the coach of the year right now, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I Kerr is definitely the coach of the year right now. I, um, he's got the best team in the NBA. Um, yeah, in. Go ahead. I mean, but you got to also give some love to Steve Buttonholzer out there in Atlanta, though. I mean, he, he's doing a pretty good job also. So, if, if, you, get, if you get a Cleveland-Golden State final, I mean, you get you an East Coast, West Coast showdown. I mean, I know what side I'm going to be on, go Dubs. But, I mean, <laughs> Cleveland is Cleveland's going to make things a little tough. 
Because I think right now hey. they're starting to catch a little steam in the East. So it'll be fun. Ron, what, do you, what do you think about the whole Clippers situation with Griffin being out a few weeks? Uh, do you, I mean, the Clippers haven't been playing great lately. Uh, do you have any speculation on how it's going to go for the Clippers the rest of the year? What the Clippers need to do, they better hurry up and pray that this staff infection that Blake Griffin has probably gets him back on the right side of four weeks because they've got a lot of tough basketball games coming up. They just got bashed by Oklahoma City on the road Sunday. They're giving Houston a pretty good one right now. They they defeated Dallas uh, Monday. I mean, DeAndre Jordan, that guy, his star continues to rise. He's going to be an all-star in no time flat. You know, I'm, re- I'm really um, liking – DeAndre Jordan, but as far as the Clippers go, you don't get Blake Griffin back. I mean, if you do get in the playoffs, you don't get probably four old by whoever you deal with. So the Clippers, they need to get, they got to get their boys back. I mean, right now they're currently sixth in the West, so they got to get it together. They're playing like a team that could fall out of the eight, behind Oklahoma City and like the eighth or ninth seed the way they're playing right now. I mean, they, Blake Griffin needs to get back quick. That team might yeah. fall out of out of playoff contention before he gets back. <laughs> yeah, that's my point. But I know, I know the Clippers would love to get one more shot at the Dubs, though, in the playoff series. I mean, watching those two get it on last year was something to see. I mean, yeah. you could, you could tell that DeAndre Jordan and Derek Lee, I mean, and David Lee, those guys, they didn't like each other. Well, this was our, these were our segments for the night. You know, I hope you all enjoyed listening. And it was and a good time was had by all. Now I'm going to go ahead here and open it up to phone calls if there's anything that anyone wants to say. We posted the number earlier on the screen. So if you got anything you'd like to talk about or add, please let me or Josh know. Uh, what do you th- what do you think about UCLA? How they're playing right now, Jerome? Hey. UCLA, they put the beat down on Oregon State. They're putting the beat down on Oregon State tonight. You know, I'm, I'm really yeah. enjoying watching that because, I mean, I've got a cousin that's going to play for Oregon State next year. So when they oh, beat us man. earlier this year up in Corvallis, you know, I heard a lot about that. So I'm glad we're putting the smack down on these boys here tonight in L.A. Oregon State, I mean, but UCLA, if they can keep these, these kids together, such as Kevin Looney and Bryce Alford, in a couple of years they should be a top ten basketball team again. They're young. But they're playing well. Yeah, another team that uh, pulled off quite a win the other day was Arizona State over Arizona. That was a pretty shocking win for the Yeah, I, I can't believe it. Yeah, yeah I can't believe that shocking. Arizona State got that one. Mm-hmm. I thought that Arizona this season would be head and shoulders on top of everyone in the Pac-12. But, I mean, they still have the defense that, that scares everyone, you know. But they yeah. still they still they're still prone to losing games like this from time to time, and you know that's not going that's not going to help them there. Yeah, I got one more question before we we end this call. Uh, hey, what what do you think happened with Peyton Manning before before? I mean, we could hear something soon. What do you what do you think is going to happen? Oh, I'm going to go on and on the limb and say Peyton Manning will let us know within the next two weeks that he is returning for the 2015 season, and he will be ready to help Denver win the AFC West one last time, and he'll probably get knocked out somewhere along the way and announce his retirement. <laughs> well, well, hey, I'm with, I'm hearing things that Denver might even not want him back, which is shocking and confusing to a lot of fans. But 
I could see Denver wanting to move on. Uh, uh, Mana has shown signs of regression for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that's pretty much um, all the topics that we have for tonight. You know, I think that you and I, you know, this is going to be a great ride here, Josh. You know. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to thank you for coming on the show earlier this season when we didn't have too much going on, you know. There weren't too many fans logging in. And, you know, you, you would, like, interact with us, keep everything cool. And I'm just I'm just glad to have you, man. And I, I hope I pre- – Go ahead. And, I, and right. I, hope, uh, I hope you enjoy this experience also, you know. Like I said, the recess every week should be a, a, a one-hour just – Hang out with your best friend, you know. Y'all just kick it and you're talking ball. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the show, and I'm glad that my uh, my being here brought a lot of people to to listen on, I guess, <laughs> for whatever reason their motivation is. Um, it's nice being on the show. I appreciate you inviting me to be on the show, and I'm ready for next week or whenever the next show is going to be. <laughs> uh, next Wednesday night, man. And speaking of UCLA and Arizona State and teams like that, I'm going to have we're going to have ourselves a college basketball guest, Greg Peterson. You know, he's going to come on. He's going to drop that bracketology science on us, help you guys figure out your brackets a little bit. So be ready for that one, because I mean, this guy, he's probably one of the smartest college basketball minds that I know. So it's going to be a great show. We'll we'll come up with some more topics next week. We'll we'll talk some more ball. And, yes, for you, um, Darth, guest number five, we'll have way (laughs) more dub talk for you, man, I promise. Next week we'll probably go into depth a little bit more as far as um, the free agency, what what teams need, and how that should work out. And that's pretty much what, what what we've got for you tonight. For 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 Josh, I'm Raider Rome. Hey, this this was a kick-ass evening. Raider Nation, peace out. Hey, this was the recess. You got anything else you want to add, Josh? Yeah, God bless the Patriots. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna pre- <laughs> I'm gonna pretend I didn't hear that. Good night, America. All right, man. Raiders for life. Good night. Good night.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.